the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Uh, Thank you, and uh, good evening. Welcome. Great to have you with us. Just a little bit of truth in advertising, if we might, that line there, the longest-running conservative. Translation, he's an old guy. I mean, just come on and say it. You know, just 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 do it. <laughs> they're trying to uh, they're trying to save me the embarrassment, but uh, I look in the mirror every day and go, "Wow, time and gravity, Whew. brutal." At any rate, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Great to have you with us for this Wednesday edition of Lifeline. Speaking of time and gravity, we're going to talk about that in depth coming up later on in tonight's program. Doctor Timothy. Jennings is going to join us. Dr. Jennings, by the way, is a board-certified psychologist and is in private practice as a Christian psychiatrist. We're going to talk a bit about his new book, The Aging Brain, Proven Steps to Prevent Dementia and Sharpen Your Mind. I am right now in the midst of dealing with a dementia situation with a relative Wow, there's a big learning curve. And you have to, um, once you get over the emotional side of the change in your loved one, there are, there are so many things that you have to rethink. And the dynamic in the relationship changes so much. And you not it's not just that shift from, you know, the old adage, uh, your, your parents raise you as a child and then you have to raise your parents as, as, their, as, you know, as, the, as the adult, so to speak. Uh, there's that. And then there's dealing with the forgetfulness and the stories. Wow. So we're going to spend some time understanding a bit more about dealing with dementia. And are there steps that can be taken to help ease the impact of a person who has been diagnosed with dementia? And if it runs in your family, are the things that we can do from a preventative measure standpoint to help uh, decrease, if not the risk, at least the severity of a dementia diagnosis. Dr. Timothy Jennings joins us later on in tonight's program. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Oh, blue eyes there with uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas. And uh, we are here, T-minus uh, 12 days of Christmas and counting, right? Heading into uh, Christmas Eve, December the 24th. Two quick program notes, if I might. Uh, one is that on a Christmas Eve, we're going to do our, our traditional old-fashioned Christmas. We uh, will feature 
a number of vintage radio broadcasts, the radio dramas that all st- tell the Christmas story in, in different fashions. Uh, always a uh, traditional treat, and we get comments every year about how much folks enjoy that. So we'll present that special for you on the 24th. That's Monday, is it not? Yes, Monday. December the 24th, and then Christmas Day to help accompany you for your celebration. We'll have two hours of music with the St. Olaf Festival Choir and Orchestra from St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. I think that's right. And uh, that'll be two great hours of classical Christmas music, Christmas night, between 5 and 7 p.m. right here on KFAX because nobody wants to listen to me babble. Most of all me. Uh, speaking of Christmas and it being a scant 12 days away, thank you, everybody that has been so generous this year in supporting the Bay Area Rescue Mission, both at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. We had a, a wonderful response, and of course, there's always room for more to give. Uh, the Bay Area Rescue Mission focusing on providing 22,000 meals this Christmas, and of course, there's going to be not only distribution of about a thousand boxes of hope, um, complete food boxes given to needy families that'll provide about 20 meals uh, per family per box. That's going to be taking place next week. And then on the 21st is going to be a children's Christmas celebration. 1,500 children from disadvantaged families that have been verified do not have the ability to provide their kids with Christmas gifts, I mean, just not just not in the budget, are going to come receive a meal, hear a child's-oriented gospel message of the story of Christmas, and then receive two or three age-appropriate and gender-appropriate toys. Is that still a thing? Yeah, it is. Uh, and that'll be taking place on the 21st, and it'll be 1,500 children plus their parents. Well, there's a lot of gift wrapping that needs to be done. If you're somebody that's got a little extra time right now and enjoy gift wrapping, oh boy, do they need you. Um, Right now, there is a bit of a challenge. The coordinator of volunteers at the Bay Area Rescue Mission uh, had to go out on medical leave and they had anticipated that person being back and a number of volunteers being available uh, to help um, with preparation for the Christmas activities for the children on the 21st. Well, that hasn't happened. So volunteers are needed, and Craig is here ringing the bell. Have a bell to ring back there, Gerald? Nope. Slipping up in your old age, are you? Ringing the bell. Ding, 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 ding. A lousy bell. Uh, There are daily, between now and the 18th, the Bay Area Rescue Mission needs 16 volunteers who are not afraid of paper cuts (laughs) to come and wrap Christmas gifts for children. And uh, then that's going to increase to a whopping 100 people needed on the 19th. That's going to be their big push. And then to help provide support for the Christmas food giveaway, the Boxes of Hope, that'll be on December the 20th. We need 30 volunteers. And then on the 21st, the Children's Christmas Celebration. 275 volunteers are needed to help serve meals 
and distribute the Christmas gifts and help with the kids. So if you've got a little extra time, maybe you know someone who's retired and would like to donate some time. Um, Many of you have been very generous in supporting the Bay Area Rescue Mission at kfax.com and have given financially, and we thank you for that and certainly encourage you to continue to do so in between now and Christmas. But there is an urgent need for volunteers as well. And so uh, we'd like to urge you to go to kfax.com And if you click on the Donate button, you'll see in the upper page uh, the Volunteer tab. You can click on that and get more information about how and where and when you can volunteer. Uh, You can also, if you want, call directly at area code 510-215-4873. That's 510-215-4873. This might be a project for um, the adult Sunday school class or even, even a youth group to go over for a a few hours in the day or evening and volunteer to help wrap. Again, um, 16-something volunteers are needed daily between now and the 19th. And then on the 19th, the call is out for 100 volunteers to come. I mean, you've got to wrap 1,500 Christmas gifts. And if you wrap and half a dozen gifts or so at home for your own family, you know that can be involved and time-consuming. Imagine doing it for 1,500 children. So volunteers desperately needed. And again, let me reiterate, on December the 21st, boy, nothing will make it a brighter Christmas for you than to do something for needy families. And what a great way to maybe come down with your church group or your family and volunteer at the Children's Christmas Celebration. That's, again, going to be on the 21st. That's a Friday. 275 people are needed. So can you pass the message along, call some friends, get involved? Um, Maybe you've not been able to give financially to support the Bay Area Rescue Mission. That's okay, but maybe you can give of your time equally as important. Online, go to kfax.com, click on the Bay Area Rescue Mission tab, and if you look up above, that'll take you to the donor page, but if you look up above, you'll see the volunteer link, and you can get more information about volunteering that way, or call 510-215-4873. 510-215-4873. Well, speaking of Christmas... Coming up beginning the 21st, I believe it is, thereabouts, there's going to be a special annual event that people usually mark as sort of the official beginning of their family celebrations of Christmas here around the Bay Area. Paula Dresden will drop by to tell us more coming up right after this. First, though, Michael Bennett drops in to tell us what's going on traffic-wise. Michael, what's going on out there? little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie, above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Indeed they do. And, of course, as we mark the beginning of the holiday season here, and most importantly, the um, special observance of Christmas for believers across the world, once again, for many Bay Area folks, it wouldn't be Christmas without Bethlehem A.D., now in its 26th year. And joining me is the creative director of Bethlehem A.D., Paula Dresden. And, Paul, as always, uh, a very Merry Christmas to you. 
Well, thank you, and thank you for letting me share about Bethlehem AD on your show. This is an amazing experience, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking back over all the years. So we've been on the air 29 years, and I think we've done this just about uh, 24 or 25 of the 26 years that Bethlehem AD has been in existence. And, of it's course, as I mentioned in my opening remarks, Paula, this has really become for so many a family tradition, and what a wonderful way to enter into the full spirit of the Christmas season than to do it with Bethlehem A.D. But for folks that are new, don't know anything about it, tell us a bit about the, about the concept behind Bethlehem A.D. Well, Bethlehem A.D. Uh, tells the story of the first Christmas, and we do it as a gift to the Bay Area. It's totally free. And um, what we do is create the town of Bethlehem with all the different aspects. You see uh, centurion Romans and village people and folk dancers and such like that. And uh, the guest enters in and sees all this chaos, sort of like our world today. And then they are conclude, it all concludes at the manger where um, angels are giving glory to God and praising Him for the Savior being born that night. And the guest leaves making their own conclusions about what Christmas is all about, which makes it user-friendly for people who don't know the Lord and, um, you know, so I, it's been successful. And, and, of course, as you mentioned, it, re, it really gives people a sense of the, the reality of Christmas. Um, the, the Christmas story is one, of course, that happened many, many, many years ago. And yet you have been able to come together and really, in, in a sense, recreate this. And as much as we've seen it on television or at the movies or read it in stories, literally you bring Bethlehem A.D. to life. Tell us about all of the inner workings. This has got to take months and months and months of preparation and untold numbers of volunteers. Well, it does take a lot of preparation and a lot of volunteers. Everyone works for free, uh, including myself. So uh, each year it's uh, a task for me to try and find new people to fill in, others, you know, move on and do other things. And so we're always looking for creative people to come in and give us a hand and also just to come up with ideas. This year's Bethlehem AD will run December 21, 22, and 23 nightly from 6 until 9.30 p.m., rain or shine. Walk us through the experience, if you would, folks that come down into uh, downtown um, Redwood City there at uh, 1305 Middlefield Road will be in for quite a surprise. Uh, Realism has been sort of the watchword for what you've done down through the years. So kind of walk us through what the experience looks like, Paula. Well, okay. Now, the first thing that they'll see is a large crowd. They'll see um, star cracker lights that shows you where the spot of Bethlehem is. And um, they can be directed when they come to a parking lot. Kaiser Permanente uh, has let us use their parking garage, and we have uh, shuttles going back and forth. It's, a, it's very quick, but it, it allows for parking in downtown Redwood City. And then the next thing they'll encounter is probably a long line. And the line we know is long because we only want uh, uh, to allow, a, a, you know, a, a few people. Well, no, I shouldn't say few, but as many people as the village can allow for the visitors to have a good time. So the um, the line does get kind of long, but we totally entertain at the line. So you'll see on the line centurions marching back and forth. You'll see animals going up and down, led on leads, and you'll see Herod the Great who um, is trying to find this king who never does find him, 
who wants to kill him if he does find him. So that's nice. And he has an entourage of um, dancers around him. And uh, we'll have children in a chain gang who's, um, who have been captured in, um, in Germania or something like that and are being taken down to Rome to be sold as slaves. That's one of the things we've got going up there. And let's see, all greeters and people just going, you know, saying hello greeting people. So then once you get inside Bethlehem, you'll see um, tax collectors. We Oh, we give coins to everybody to give to the tax collectors. Everything's free. So they give their little gold coin to the tax collector, and then they come on in, and um, they give their signature to the census taker, and they'll encounter now the marketplace. And we have uh, a potter actually making pottery there. We have kids in the marketplace making uh, metal jewelry that they wear then we have a bakery and they're baking bread in the bakery and then we have uh, a marketplace with vegetables and fruits and stuff and we're also going to add a spice market this year so that'll be kind of interesting and the kids um, are in tribes they have little roles to do and they will uh, give you maybe a nut to taste or something like that also we have a um, a synagogue where um, there's rabbis debating about who this Messiah could be. So how could the Messiah be sleeping? He's supposed to never sleep nor slumber. So they're debating whether this is the real one. And that's interesting. They're reading scripture. And the kids are in also in the synagogue um, learning some Hebrew words and stuff like that. And we'll, then you'll see folk dancers and people cooking over the fires because the cast eats their dinner at Bethlehem, so you'll be seeing people eating and so forth. And then there's this huge area we have for the animals, and so you'll visit, oh, I forgot the inn. The inn is an exciting area where there's interaction and talk about there's just no room and what happened to Mary and Joseph. They had to send them down the road to the to a stable. And um, then you encounter a lot of animals. We have about 150 animals, including chickens and rabbits, but um, the total. And the visitors go by, and they can pet the animals and visit with them and so forth. And then finally they reach the, um, the manger, where we have angels dancing, and um, they are choreographed in their dance. They dance for three and a half hours straight with no break. And so it's really quite beautiful. The church across the street, uh, angels are on the roof, and those are kind of like what we call our warrior angels, and they're doing warrior kind of positions. So the whole thing is just kind of a, an experience. It, it's really quite, quite spectacular. And again, many folks across the Bay Area use this as a great way to officially launch the start of their Christmas. Again, running December 21st, 22nd, 23rd from 6 to 9.30 p.m. each evening, rain or sign. There's no cost. You can get more information by going to BethlehemAD.com. That's BethlehemAD.com. Literally, Bethlehem comes to life in the middle of downtown Redwood City. Look for the searchlights. Make it a part of your Christmas holiday season as well. Bethlehem AD, now in its 26th year. Information again on the web at BethlehemAD.com. Mark the dates, December 21, 22, and 23, from 6 to 9.30 p.m. nightly. And our thanks to Paula Dresden, Creative Director with Bethlehem AD, and we wish you much continued success with this year's event, Paula, and a very Merry Christmas to you. Well, thank you, Craig. Thanks so much. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee 
Michael Bennett in the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. I was just commenting here uh, with our engineer, Mr. Martin. Um, We're going to have some surprises coming in taxes come 2019. To be sure, we'll find out just exactly how the Trump tax plan impacts small business and individuals. But ready for this, Californians, the next time you want to vote for more Democrats in office, the California State PUC is going to be making a decision whether or not to start text, uh, taxing your text messages. Say that 10 times fast. It is crazy. I mean, you look at this and say, what are you, nuts? They are trying to raise over a billion dollars that's going to go to provide telephones for the poor, as if you're not already being taxed for that. And so the PUC has come up with this lame brain idea. They're going to start, they're going to consider a proposal to tax you for text messaging. And here's the best part of the proposal. They're going to make the ability for the state, potentially to collect the taxes retroactively for five years. I wish I were. I I mean, if I was in any other state, any other period in time, I'd say I'm stunned. But knowing the mentality of the way Sacramento works, there you have it. And a preview of coming attractions, if you think Gavin Newsom's administration is going to be any saner than Governor Moonbeam's, you're in for a surprise. All right, enough of the politicking. Let's uh, Merry Christmas and a lump of coal in your stocking. Let's uh, switch gears up here, shall we? Uh, There is some good news that in recent years, recent decades, due to advancements in medical science, the fact of the matter is we're living longer, much longer. In fact, according to surveys conducted by the Census Bureau, the number of centarians is up by 44% in recent years. In fact, as we speak, in America today, there are over 75,000, that's a good-sized stadium and then some, 75,000 Americans at the age of 100 or older. So if we're living longer, though, here's the big question. Are we living well? One of the areas, of course, that is of concern to any aging adult are things like dementia. We used to call them the old days senility or the advancement of diseases like Alzheimer's disease. How do you know if you may potentially be a candidate if there's history in the family? Are there things that you can do once diagnosed, if you have a loved one, for example, who's been diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment or dementia? Are there things that can be done to slow it or reverse it? And for those that have a history of it in the family, are there anything that we can do to prevent it? Those are some of the questions we pose to our guest today. Dr. Tim Jennings is in private practice, a Christian 
psychiatrist, and certified master psychopharmacologist. He is board certified in psychiatry by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. He is also a distinguished fellow of the American Psychiatric Association. He spent more than two decades researching the interface between biblical principles and modern brain science and is highly sought after as a lecturer and speaker. He's got two other books, including the one we'll discuss today. He's authored The God-Shaped Brain and The God-Shaped Heart. Today we talk about the aging brain, proven steps to prevent dementia and sharpen your mind. Dr. Jennings, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So I guess this is a good news, bad news scenario. The good news is we're living longer. The bad news is we're living longer. And as we live longer, concerns about memory loss, cognitive impairment, dementia, Alzheimer's, weigh heavily on more and more Americans. Is it better science that's allowing us to live longer and and learn more about these diagnoses? Or is the fact of the matter, perhaps, that there's things going on environmentally, maybe, maybe uh, in terms of our diet, that's negatively impacting, that's also demonstrated why we've seen a rise in the number of cases of dementia and Alzheimer's in recent years? Yeah, so great questions. And we're living longer primarily because of things like modern dentistry, uh, antibiotics, um, food and uh, water treatment facilities. Uh, So we're reducing the infections that caused many deaths to happen before, you know, the age of um, adulthood even. Many people died in in childhood back uh, 100 years ago or so. And so we're living longer for those reasons and modern science allowing us to uh, live 60, 70, 80, 90, and even 100 years. But as we live longer, then we are subject to diseases of aging, and one of these uh, diseases, of course, is uh, dementia. And what many people think is if you live long enough, dementia is inevitable. It's just going to happen, but that's not true. Uh, It depends on how you've lived. The the lifestyle choices you've made along the way will have a great uh, amount to say about whether one develops dementia or not including if you have the uh, family history of late-onset Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, we know that there are a couple genes involved that increase your risk, uh, to a gene called an ApoE gene, and if you have a certain two forms of that, it increases your risk of 60%. But a study at the University of Washington found that if you have two copies of that bad gene, you have less of the toxic protein in your brain called amyloid, and you do not get dementia if you have a history of exercise. So in that study, one modifiable factor, just lifelong exercise, prevented the progression to dementia, even if you had a strong family history for it. Wow. And to put this in perspective, you know, we we all know people that um, live well into their late 80s, 90s even. Uh, In fact, in my case, I I have uh, a father and a paternal grandmother uh, who, at the end of the day, lived late 80s, early 90s, and probably knew more about what was going on in the world uh, than than most young people (laughs) put together. And yet, I also have a relative who, in her mid-70s, has been diagnosed with dementia and is still functioning, but you can tell that it's a struggle every single day. And so you're suggesting that there are certainly degrees of the genes that are contributory to this, but environment then and lifestyle really is a major factor. Major factor for the Alzheimer's and the vascular type. Now, dementia is a syndrome in which you've had memory impairment with a cognitive impairment as well, like the loss of ability to organize and plan or loss of ability to do simple motor tasks like button your shirt or tie your shoe. If you have a cognitive loss plus a a memory impairment, that's dementia. 
That's the syndrome of functional loss. Anything that damages the brain can contribute to the functional loss. And so the disease that damages the brain, and if you have Alzheimer's disease, you get Alzheimer's dementia. If you have vascular disease, then you get vascular dementia, and Parkinson's disease, Parkinson's dementia, and so forth. And so the uh, the, the number one, um, the pr- most predominant form of dementia in the United States and around the world is the Alzheimer's type, the late onset Alzheimer's type. And uh, that form is very much directly related to lifestyle uh, over the course of, of how we lived our life, increasing inflammatory stress. And many of the similar factors that lead to adult-onset type 2 diabetes are involved in driving um, Alzheimer's dementia. Mm. One of the issues, of course, at play here is that most people don't really have this on the radar screen until they see mom or dad beginning to struggle or maybe an individual themselves begin to notice. And this is more than just, you know, to, to, to be clear here for listeners, this is not just, oh, I forgot my keys. But, but more than that, you know, you, you, take the, you take a route that you take all the time and suddenly you're not quite sure where you are or when you do miss your keys, they wind up in the refrigerator, things of that sort. We're, when, we, when we begin to recognize we might be starting to have a problem, is it generally by then a little bit too late to reverse any of the impact or is, is this really a warning for people that when they are young, that's the time to start thinking about the right environment, right diet, right exercise? Again, these are great questions. So if we just look at the age factor, it's never too late. People over 65 years of age who began walking regularly and got up to 40 minutes a day uh, within about 12 weeks could see growth in the part of the brain where new memories take place that was actually larger on, on brain scans, which reversed two years of aging. So that modifiable factor doesn't really matter. Whenever you start, you're going to get benefits from it. The studies show that if you have mild cognitive impairment, so you've got some changes, but you are not impaired enough to meet criteria for dementia. If you've got mild cognitive impairments and you do an aggressive lifestyle change where you change diet, you begin exercising, you make sure you're getting decent sleep, and there's a whole host of things to do. If you do those things, the data shows you don't progress on to dementia. You can stop it. Um, but if you've already got dementia, you've already lost billions of neurons, and, and we're not going to regrow that much of the brain back if we've got that. It can slow the, the slide down the hill if you do the lifestyle things, but you're going to still have dementia if you've already got it. So we're looking at diet. We're looking at exercise. Um, what about just plain exercising the brain? I think we all know older people uh, perhaps relatives who reach a stage in life, they've retired, and, and where before they were very active and they were engaged, they were working, so they, there was a, you know community involvement, engagement with other people, there was problem solving, all of this going on, they, they had to go and do the banking, they had to, you know, there, there was complex issues that they needed to engage with every day to keep their mind sharp. Suddenly they're retired and they become couch potatoes, and it's eight hours a day in front of the TV set, separated only by uh, times in front of the refrigerator. How contributory is the lack of mental exercise potentially so to all of this? What you described is huge. What you just described is huge. This idea that at 65 life stops, you, you stop engaging, you stop exercising physically, you stop exercising mentally, and you sit in front of the TV and watch TV. And I will tell you, television watching accelerates your mental decline. You will have higher rates of dementia if you simply vegetate in front of the TV and munch. There's no question about that. 
And so the data shows that um, you get different gene expression changes from physical exercise and mental exercise. Both of them, if you do them regularly, will turn on genes that cause the brain to make new neurons and keep the neurons you have healthy and sprout new connections. And so, yes, active new learning uh, genetically turns on proteins that allow your brain to stay healthy and make new connections. So is it fair to say it's almost like exercising for the brain? Yes. So... So one of the this, I, I teach this idea in my in my books called design law laws upon which reality works. You might call them the laws of health or the laws of physics. One of them is the law of exertion. If you want something to get stronger, you must exercise it because if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's not only true for the physical; it's true for the mental. If you want strong musical ability, you got to practice your instrument. Strong math ability, you got to work problems. And strong thinking and critical reasoning and complex circuitry of your brain, you've got to exercise that. And, and this is important to recognize. We're talking new learning here. We're not talking rote repetition of stuff already learned. So people who work, work crossword puzzles over and over and over again and do those all the time, that's not new learning. That's just re, um, re-exercising stuff you've already learned. New learning really means new learning, doing something you haven't done before, thinking about it, assimilating that knowledge or that ability. A, a great new learning thing for people who don't know how would be to take um, ballroom dancing lessons because you're getting physical exercise while you're having to think cognitively to focus on your learning of the steps and so forth. Some good thoughts. We're visiting today with Dr. Timothy Jennings. He's the author of a number of best-selling books. Today, we're talking about The Aging Brain, Proven Steps to Prevent Dementia and Sharpen Your Mind. This is important for all of us, whether we have an older loved one who is there right now or beginning to show some signs. Maybe there's been a family history. You're worried about yourself. Perhaps you're at that stage in life where you think, you know what, i got to get a little bit more serious about this because I've seen what happens to others. It's not a pretty way to end life. And so steps that can be taken right now in terms of engagement and diet and exercise and, and certainly mental agility that can help to, if not slow down the process, potentially even reverse it. We're going to come back to more insights with Dr. Jennings. If you want to get more information, by the way, about the book, you can find it online, agingbrainbook.com. That's easy to remember, agingbrainbook.com. Back with more after this. Traffic right now, the latest Michael Bennett. What's going on out there? Thank you, Craig. And this report is sponsored by Bob Evans Refrigerated Sides for the Holidays. In Scotts Valley, south on 17 at Crescent Drive, the right lane has been reopened from the vehicle recovery from an earlier accident, a car off the roadway and down the embankment. South on 280, right at the uh, 17880 interchange, or maybe a little before it, a stalled vehicle there blocks the center lane. Also, a two-car crash over on the right shoulder. In Marin, northbound 101, just before San Antonio Road, a couple of cars involved in a collision. That's on the right shoulder. And in Santa Rosa, southbound 101, just before Highway 12, a two-car crash, again, on the right shoulder. This holiday, make Bob Evans' side dishes your time-saving secret with mashed potatoes and other holiday favorites made with real milk, butter, cheese, and potatoes. They're delicious and ready in six minutes. Get Bob Evans' sides in your grocery store. It'll be love at first bite. That's traffic on AM 1100 KFAX. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, our conversation today with best-selling author Dr. Timothy Jennings. 
We're talking about the aging brain, and of course, as we mentioned in the earlier segment, as uh, longevity is certainly on the rise, with it, we've seen this sharp increase with some of the issues that attend to the aging process, particularly if you haven't been careful about managing your health along the way. Things like mild cognitive impairment to dementia to even Alzheimer's. As we continue our look on this topic here, um, Walk me through some definitions here, because we seem to toss these things back and forth, and a lot of people get confused or switch one for the other. In the old days, it all kind of seemingly sat underneath the the category of senile. When Grandma did something crazy, we say, well, she's senile. Talk us through, if you would, Doctor, some of the definitions and the differences between Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, Lewy body dementia, things of this sort. Right. So uh, uh, senile is, is an old term, as you said, many years ago, that would refer to anybody who's lost their wits about them, their cognitive functioning, which we would term today dementia. But dementia is that syndrome of memory impairment with loss of one of four cognitive domains, ability to reason, plan, organize, balance your checkbook, the loss of motor ability like uh, buttoning or tying a shoe, the loss of normal language ability, can't find the words and can't form sentences properly, and um, the loss of and or the loss of ability to identify and recognize objects when one sees them. So it's not the language is fine. You just don't recognize objects like a chair or a desk that you normally would recognize. So one of those plus memory impairment is dementia. Anything that damages the brain can cause the dementia, and there are different types of dementia. Alzheimer's disease is one type that damages the brain. And then there are other uh, types, vascular disease, where you have uh, tiny strokes going along, uh, or um, Parkinson's disease, or Lewy body. And Lewy body seems to be much more closely related to Parkinson's disease than it is Alzheimer's disease. Good to know. And this can, for the patient, uh, come and go, can't it? And by that I mean, uh, I've noticed, for example, in my relative, that there are good days and there are bad days. Equally, there are better times of the day and worse times of the day. Well, so once somebody has dementia, there is typically a progression of worsening slowly over time. With the vascular type, there can be more of a stair-stepping as they get, uh, they might be uh, plateaued a while, and then a little, another little tiny stroke comes along and they, and they step down, whereas with the Alzheimer's type, it's more like a gradual hill that they slide down. But the worsening in the days are related to their brain's inability to tolerate minor stressors on the system anymore. So sleep deprivation would cause them to have a very bad day. A mild infection, like a urinary tract infection, could have caused them to have a very bad day. Uh, so changes in blood sugar could cause them that because there are just no reserves left to handle the stressors, and so they can have a really bad day. Let's talk about some of the ways in which we can address all this, Doctor. Um, you mentioned exercise, diet. Uh, how does food come into play in all of this? And, and when we talk about eating a diet that is uh, more brain-friendly, what does that look like? Right. And so um, the, universe, uh, the um, Neurology Journal published a uh, study in which they followed people and uh, took blood samples looking at the blood markers of three different dietary patterns and then correlated that with brain volume and cognitive memory and, uh, performance. Two dietary patterns were associated with better brain volume as we age and better memory and cognitive performance. And those were either the whole food plant-based diet or the Mediterranean diet, high in fish oils and low in um, uh, fast foods and so forth, high in fish oils and olive oil. 
the uh, food, the diet that was associated with bad outcomes was the American fast food, junk food, high fat, high sugar diet. Hmm. No surprise there, I guess. No, no surprise at all. And then there are certain foods you can take that actually, um, as adding those into your diet, are beneficial. Uh, oily fish like salmon, uh, mackerel, sardines, oily fish uh, twice a week. People who had the oily fish twice a week had better brain volume. Uh, they had less dementia and uh, had better memory performance uh, after the age of 70 than those who did not have a history of eating fish. Um, one of the things you can do with your doctor is to have the doctor check your vitamin D level. Uh, vitamin D level, uh, if the vitamin D level is low, it increases all-cause mortality and doubles the risk of Alzheimer's dementia. And if it's super high, it also increases the risk of all-cause um, mortality. So you don't want to just take tons of it over the counter without knowing what the level is. Uh, here in Tennessee, 70% of the people in my community have low vitamin D, even though we're a southern state. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let let me ask you about the the impact uh, one way or the other of alcohol. Now, for a long time, I remember when my grandmother uh, had a little mild uh, heart issue. The doctor at the time prescribed a glass of red wine every night. Now, recently, I saw my own doctor. I had been diagnosed with colon cancer a number of years ago. I'm I'm clean and cancer free. But my oncologist the other day said, I want to make sure now we've found connections between colon cancer and alcohol. I want to make sure if you drink, don't drink. What of that? We get seem to get mixed messages on this topic. Right, and, and thank, that's an excellent question. And what the data really shows is that there is no healthy amount of ethanol. Ethanol is not healthy. But well, then why do we get benefits if we have a glass of wine or two? And the data does show people who drink no more, a maximum of two glasses of wine a day, do have reduced heart disease risk and dementia risks than those who don't. Um, but if you drink more than that, then you get... Um, uh, worsening risk of dementia and health problems. And what they've discovered is it's not actually the ethanol that is giving you the benefit. It's the tannins and flavonoids in the um, wine from the grapes that give it the color that are giving you the antioxidant benefits. And if you drink a low enough amount of alcohol, one to two glasses of wine, then the ethanol toxicity is over, uh, the, the tannins and the positive benefits overweigh the toxic effects. But once you go above two glasses a day, the toxic effects of the alcohol overweigh the the benefits of the tannin. So you can get the same benefits without the alcohol by just drinking grape juice. We're obviously just touching the surface of this topic tonight, and I want to again let listeners know that they can order the book online by going to agingbrainbook.com. That's agingbrainbook.com. But final question for you tonight, doctor, and and this is another arena where there seems to be a lot of hype and, and confusion, and that is the the ability of supplements to either help or hinder. And we know that largely dietary supplements sometimes get uh, ridiculous attributes assigned to them. But are there any supplements that we can be taking uh, that can be beneficial toward reducing the incident of dementia? Yeah, there are several that, that can be helpful. Vitamin C, vitamin E, uh, uh, that comes from, well, you say supplements, that's a good point. With the vitamin E, we don't want a supplement. We want the vitamin E from a food source because there are eight isomeric forms, and if we get it from a supplement, we actually cause problems. Get it from a food source like sunflower seeds, it's beneficial. Vitamin C can come from a supplement, however, and that's helpful for us. Something called N-acetylcysteine, or abbreviated NAC. It's a mitochondrial membrane stabilizer. Mitochondria little organelles inside your cells that produce energy, and um, they can uh, become dysfunctional. The membranes can become dysfunctional 
mitochondrial and kick out a lot of free radicals, and the N-acetylcysteine can stabilize those mitochondrial membranes, reducing oxidative stress in the brain. And so that's another um, element or uh, supplement that people can take that can reduce your risk of dementia. Uh, some older folks have vitamin B12 deficiencies and folic acid deficiencies, and so B12 and folic acid, uh, the B vitamins, are essential to maintaining neuronal health and reducing risk of dementia. And I think it's been known for, for years that uh, heavy alcohol use can lead to a form of dementia called uh, Wernicke-Korsakoff syndrome, and that's related to vitamin B1 thiamine deficiency. So the B vitamins are very important. Lots to learn. You'll find it inside the pages of The Aging Brain, Proven Steps to Prevent Dementia and Sharpen Your Mind, and certainly good advice for uh, an aging parent or for all of us that are heading in that direction eventually, right? Dr. Timothy Jennings, thanks so much for the time. The Aging Brain information on the web at agingbrainbook.com. That's agingbrainbook.com. Okay, 6 o'clock from the mighty KFAX San Francisco. We're going to take another time out. That means update for you on traffic, a look at some headline news. But foist in the world of traffic, Mr. Michael Bennett, what's going on out there? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.